Welcome back to a new year, a new season and advantage betters as we look ahead to the Australian Open 2023. I'm your host Charlie Deer and I'm joined once more by data tennis expert Dan Weston to run the rule over what to expect from the curtain raising first major of the year. How are you doing Dan? Nice nice to hear from you. Yeah great to be back Charlie, looking forward to doing this. How uh, If we sort of just get straight into it looking maybe from the back end of the US Open to, to now, really. So the last few months of uh, 2022 into into the warm-up events for this major. Um, any, any key sort of things that you, you've picked out? Obviously, Novak Djokovic returning to Australia after his like tumultuous month that he had there last year. M- maybe looking at him, but maybe looking at uh, just just the sport as a whole. How, how do you feel is coming into this one? Yeah, so if we focus on the men's, I'll start with obviously you mentioned Novak Djokovic initially. Um, so uh, since since he lost to Rafa in the uh, quarterfinals of the French Open in uh, probably start of June, I reckon that probably was, um, he's won 30 out of his last 31 matches on the, the main tour, which is, you know, an incredible display of dominance. Uh, and there's no real reason, I think, to to dispute the fact that that he's an overwhelming favourite for this tournament. Um, Not only did he beat Daniel Medvedev last week in Adelaide, he also won 56% of points in the match, which is a a huge margin of differential compared to the second best hard court on tour, basically, against against the opponents, the second best hard court on tour. So I guess the theme we're looking at for the, the men's tournament is it's kind of... Kind of, we keep talking about these new, the next generation of players coming through, and 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 the 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 talent that's breaking into the top ten. But it could well be the same old, same old. Novak Djokovic dominating the Australian Open to almost the same extent as Rafa Nadal does in the the French Open. Do you think he's got a little black bit between his teeth because he couldn't? Uh, play last year or do you think it's just that's a bit harsh to say and it's just his mentality that he's just um, coming onto the court with in the in the last few months and that's just a consequence of how good he is Um, I I think that it would be impossible for him not to have extra motivation for this particular tournament to be honest with you because I mean I've never gone through what he went through this time last year but I can imagine if I did I would have a, a real point to prove extreme motivation and if I'm going to make the effort to go back to a place where, where I had a miserable time of things a year ago I want to make sure that I put things right and, and, and I definitely think that there's this this narrative about motivation and I think it's probably quite a fair narrative I think. If we just take a look at like um, some of the other uh, players in the men's draw uh, obviously the news broke last week that uh, Carlos Alcaraz is injured and won't be won't be playing unfortunately um yeah. aside from that what sort of players do you feel look in good shape ahead of this tournament like they they've, they've gone in either on a high or just look look a different sort of beast hmm. so so Alcaraz pulling out of the tournament is is changed the dynamic of the outright market a little bit so that's had obviously we've had to I think we redistribute around 15 16% of employed win percentage to to the field. Uh, obviously, some of that is going to go on Novak Djokovic, and it has done. He was trading around even money uh, with Pinnacle 
uh, I think start of last week. Now, now he's into one point eight three. So you can see that there's been some market support for Novak, and that's logical based on recent form and and the pullout of Alcaraz. Um, the other players who I think he can do well, I still think Medvedev is the second best hard quarter on tour. Um, uh, obviously, being kept apart from Djokovic in the draw is is a good thing for him. We can't meet till the final now, uh, and. Then I think that there's there's several players who I think could do well, but are still rather unproven in slams. So the first one would be Taylor Fritz, and the second one would be uh, Felix Auger Aliassime. Both of them are in the top ten in the outright market at the moment. Just a shade under twenty is a pinnacle right now. Um, so first of all, Fritz hard court wise is is one of the better hard quarters on tour. I think that that's very fair to say. His stats certainly would indicate that I and mean, my stats have him as the fifth best hard quarter on on the ATP tour right now with looking at 12 month service and return points one percentage so that that's that's a real differential in terms of his ranking compared to where I see him on hard court and the market kind of agrees with me to a large extent making him at this point in time sixth favorite so yeah the, there's um certainly scope for Taylor Fritz to have a good run in the tournament and he's he's drawn in quarter four um, reasonable start to the tournament as well in terms of his opening few rounds of draw. Certainly, I would say would be in good shape to get past Berrettini and Rude as the as the main seeds in his his particular quarter. Um, but the problem is, obviously, he faces Novak Djokovic in the semifinals if it goes goes that way. So, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be his main hurdle. And then then that's the thing with with anyone in Q four is you've got. Uh, Djokovic potentially in the semi-finals and Medvedev potentially in the finals. So, so that's that's a real hurdle for looking at any outright market plays on anyone in Q4. Because if you're looking at like a, a Fritz at 17s here, the chances of him let's let's say he has back-to-back matches against Medvedev and Djokovic. They're going to be, he's not going to be far off that as an accumulator, basically. Mm. So, you know, he's got to win a lot of free matches to get to make that any value, or, or someone big gets knocked out early and the draw opens up for him, um, which is not impossible, but it's still pretty unlikely, I think. Um, with regards to Ojer Sim, I quite like, like his spot a little bit more because he's in the top half of the draw in Q2. Um, he has, I think, a really kind opening few rounds um, where he really should ease himself into round four without any real difficulty at all. Um, and I, th- I think that, for me, he's benefiting as well from having Stefano Tsitsipas in his bracket, who's a little bit overrated, that I find him overvalued. And the, just historically, the fact that the Tsitsipas is winning 33 percent 34 percent fluctuates around that return points one based on surface and and uh sort of time scales it's always around that 33 34 percent mark on return points one for Sitsipas. and that's just not conducive to winning grand slam tournaments because um you look at all the historical winners of grand slam tournaments they always post numbers far in excess of that and and, and it's logical because you've got best of five sets you've got usually pretty hot conditions in Australia, you don't want to be playing long sets and long matches, which which is always going to be the case for a player with with uh, 
unspectacular return numbers. You're going to be playing a lot more one break sets and sort of seven sixes, seven fives, six fours rather than these six twos and six ones. Uh, and you don't get stuff done quickly. And also because you're not creating as many break point chances, it, it, it lends itself more to, to high variance moments such as tie breaks and, and opponents converting one break point in a set, for example. Uh, yeah, solitary break point, for example, and then that that then going five sets and stuff, and you end up playing like a four hour marathon rather than a two hour sort of jog through or whatever it might be, and 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 that that is really really critical in terms of sort of saving your energy for week two, and you don't want to be drawn into to a kind of long match against you know sixty rank player or whatever it might yeah, be. You yeah, want to. Yeah. You want to just get through that with yeah minimum fuss, and that's something that Djokovic generally does really, really well. For example, he just gets the job done six one, six two, six three, or something like that against against these mediocre players, and just just rolls through. Yeah. Uh, past maybe he doesn't have that tendency, and and, and I like Jose Alessin because he's just done so well in the last six months as well. He's, he's at a real upturn in level. Previously, I found him super overrated, but he's massively improved on serve. He's winning. 3% more service points won in the last six months, all services compared to his last 12 months of hardcore, for example. So, 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 and that's what you need to do to win in, in slams as well. Have, a, have, a, have that so, solid serve and a, and a, at least a competent return game. Uh, and I think he's got that, but obviously there's, there's a lot of players still who are major threats. Obviously, uh, I still think he, I still think that the, the Djokovic's and the Medvedev's and, uh, and stuff are a level ahead of him. But I do think at a bigger price, if the draw opens up for him, he looks a, probably a better prospect than uh, than Tsitsipas than or, or Sinner in that Q2. Mm. Well, it's interesting you say like Eliasin. I think we mentioned him quite a lot last year and um, he was a little bit hit and miss. Sometimes he'd go quite mm. deep and then some... And in some tournaments, you'd uh, see him out pretty early. But um, yeah, someone I remember we keep an eye on quite a lot. And um, it's funny you sort of mentioned Sitsipas. I think when I when I looked at the uh, looked at the outrights either yesterday or or, or Wednesday, um, he uh, Sitsipas was right down in the pack near where like Zverev's odds, and he's shot up straight up. So it's interesting that you say he's. This is this is overrated. So maybe someone we sort of try avoid in a betting. Yeah, so, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't generally touch him at, at these type of prices. And again, and again, he's play, he's in bracket quarter two. So if if it goes to seeding, he's going to play Medvedev in the semi-finals and Djokovic in the final. He's going to be, from my in my view, probably threes against Medvedev and much higher against mm. Djokovic. So you multiply that and you don't get much you don't get much less than fifteen, which is what is at the moment. So it just doesn't really make sense to look at, at Sitsipas. If we one player who's who's is fourth in the uh betting here is is Nick Kyrgios uh at plus one three <laughs> six two. Um and that, an enigma of a man we all know. Um it's all about what headspace is in right now. Um, yeah. Do, do you see him being a, a threat? I suppose he can always be a threat in matches, but it's sort of he defeats himself at some points. Yeah, hundred percent is a threat. There's there's no two ways about it. Hundred percent is a threat. We've seen in recent Grand Slam tournaments how he's he's extremely motivated for the big occasions still, uh, 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 and but then he's still got that kind of volatile temperament. You know that there, there is. So as you say, a bit more of a sort of self-defeating style to him, where where uh, you know it's 
he kind of can be his own worst enemy at times. But but there's no doubt that he's an extremely talented player. Numbers-wise as well, he's dramatically improved, in, particularly on serve. Um, I, I, I have him as having one of the best service numbers on tour right now. Um, yeah, yeah, and then while the return game is not amazing, it's still better, better than the likes of Tsitsipas. So, so yeah, the, the ability is there. Uh, certainly, uh, he was the player that that was sort of not in the top eight seeds who everyone wanted to try and avoid in having in their bracket. Uh, and Djokovic has him in his bracket. Um, can he beat Djokovic? Well, he's got a, probably a better chance of beating beating Djokovic than than uh, any any other player in his bracket. So, look, it's going to all come down to that one match, I think. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that match. And then before we sort of look into like the middle pack for more maybe some value, Rafa, Rafa Nadal, I believe he's defending champion here this year. Um, the question I want to ask you, how, how do you reckon his body's going to hold up? And do you think he's uh, got, got a real fighting chance uh, to win the whole thing? Um, okay, so um, I I'm very very skeptical about Nadal's chances. I've got to mm. tell you. Um, first of all, his numbers have dropped off a cliff in the last few months. Um, he's lost he lost four matches in a row on main tour, which is unheard of for for Nadal between the U.S. Open and the World Tour Finals, and that was you know it wasn't against like amazing opponents the highest ranked player was six uh two players were were outside the top 20 uh and then he's gone on to play united cup and he's lost to cameron norrie and alex de Menor, both as favorites as well now it's always dangerous to read too much into to performances in kind of exhibition events and stuff like that but it's clear to me that the post US Open, Nadal's level is 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 nowhere compared to to where it once was, uh, and particularly on return, his numbers have dropped off a cliff. Um, now the problem for Nadal is 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 multifaceted as well. Is that the one he's got to beat Medvedev just to get out of his quarter, uh, uh, and two is that uh, he's got one of the toughest unseeded players in, in round one, someone who can definitely catch him cold in Jack Draper. Now, um, Draper is, is is a player I'm really excited about. Um, he's obviously from Great Britain, so I'm excited about him because we share the same nationality, mm. uh, but, but also because just I, 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 I look at his data profile and, and he's a player on a, a huge upward curve. Now, he's just been knocked out of the... Uh, semi-finals over in Adelaide uh, overnight against Simu Kwon. But if we look at the stats, it was a really tight, tight three-setter. Uh, and Draper was 1-10 on, on break points and Kwon was 3-5. So, so Draper created a lot more chances, just didn't take them. Uh, I don't see any reason to be fearful of, of that loss to Kwon in the semi-finals. And in fact, it probably probably is not that bad a thing having less a game less a match less to play before in the final which would have been the final um before this match against Nadal. Uh the market is interesting because I think I think you guys have Nadal just shy of one point five right now against Draper, which uh I'm gonna gonna be honest with you is a surprise. Not not because I don't think that, that should be the price, but because mm. I thought that Nadal would just because of his name, be be, be shorter than that. Yeah. Um, but that that what 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 the point I'm trying to make is is that it's clear that the market respects Draper in this match uh, 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 and fears 
this new version of Nadal. It's a defensive market against Nadal, is what I'm trying to say. And look, if there's there's a there's a chance of an upset, I think for sure here. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to guaranteed happen at all because I can't, I can't. But you look at a a declining great against a young player on a ridiculously good upward curve right now. Someone, Jabra, I, I fully expect to be in the top 20 um, at least this time next year. Uh, uh, and yeah, there, there's upset potential there for sure. Yeah, he's, it's, it's funny with Jabra. I've sort of watched his career develop just over the last few years and someone that you, you saw had that raw potential. But last year, I think he took quite a lot of big scalps in terms of um, players in the top, 20 top 15 um and to really like sort of put his uh name on the map um it's interesting because his uh his he's like right in the lower pack obviously of winning the whole thing and we're not going to say he, he he'll win the whole thing but be interesting to see how those odds change if he does beat Nadal in round one because as you say it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that happens no, for sure. I mean, 131, you'd expect that, that that price to drop massively if uh, if he did beat Nadal in the the opener. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 uh, obviously that's the gamble. Um, but I don't. I certainly at 13, I don't think Nadal yeah. represents any value whatsoever. Mm. If we if we just look into maybe the the, the middle uh, section of the bracket of the, of the out in the outrights, mm. just just below Ali Asim, you've got people like Holger Runa, Kasper Rude. Zverev's in there. Is he just coming back from injury? Is yeah, is yeah, that... he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Zverev is an interesting one because also he's he's, he's had this long term injury. Um, but look, there's there's I think scope for his price to drop quite markedly if he has a good start in this tournament, and, and especially if the draw opens up a little bit and and a couple of couple of shorter play, price players get knocked out. So he's got, I mean, Zverev has not played on the main tour since uh, the French Open, uh, where he reached a semi-final and retired against Nadal. Um, he's played three exhibition events, uh, pretty mixed results, um, lost okay, generally against fairly competent opposition. Uh, the three, three of his four losses are against top 10 opponents. Uh, but he did beat Novak Djokovic. Uh, 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 in one of the matches and um, beat Dominic team in another match as well, which is what well, team is nowhere near the player of, of, of old. He is yeah. st- still not a bad comeback victory. Um, now, what we've got with Zverev is what I like about this is the fact that he's got, I think, an absolute gift little mini bracket in, in Q4 where, where like he's got three not far off gimmies where he should get through without much difficulty in a row. So he's he's playing against um, the the uh, lucky loser, uh, Juan Pablo Varillas, uh, from Peru in round one. Uh, Clay Quarter should have no difficulty getting past him whatsoever. And, and, and the market has him as a sub 1.1 favourite. So so that's 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 not far off a gimme. Round two, you expect him to probably play against David Goffin, who's now ranked outside the top 50 and, and, and a shadow of the player that he once was. And then in round three, if it goes to kind of a seeding and expectation, he'd play against Diego Schwartzman, who's injured. Um, so uh, look, that that's a perfect opening few rounds for Zverev. Yeah, uh, it gets harder because he would then play Fritz in round four, 
um, if it goes to seeding at least. Uh, and yeah, let's um, let's see how this market reacts to Sizverev because I, I do think that that particularly if he's a bit bigger, he was a, he he wouldn't have been the worst to got a trading trading spot, but. Um, I think there could be some some reaction. Say say he just breezes past everyone in straight sets. I, I definitely don't think we're going to get this market price before he plays Fritz. And and and, yeah. and with three games, it, it it shouldn't change much, but it will. So that's interesting. That is one to keep an eye on. Then Zverev and 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 seeing how his sort of route goes. If mm. we sort of look through the rest of that the field around there, as I say, I think Holger Rune won the Paris Masters last mm. year and. Um, then you've got Berrettini, who's uh, who's always can be a, a problem. Um, yeah. Below him is like Sebastian Corda, Andre Reb, uh, Rublev, and Cam Norrie as well. Who we're not really sure uh, how far he'll going to go. Is there anyone there that you feel could really go deep? Um, probably out of the the players that you mentioned I, I would be more inclined to actually lean towards Corder at a bigger price um runa is an interesting player because indoors he's done well but outdoors his numbers are really quite mediocre um yeah uh berrettini i i, I have him kind of a, a little bit of a as a diluted version of sits a passive that makes sense in terms mm-hmm. of that Serve and return dynamic. Uh, yes. Certainly, his 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 return game isn't particularly conducive to Grand Slam success. Uh, uh, um, however, I do think he's a dangerous opponent and could definitely make, say, quarterfinals or something like that. Um, and, I, and sometimes I I just rather take a, a pun on on a, a younger player who's got like a ton of upside uh, who who can really make a breakthrough. So we mentioned obviously. Jack Draper already, and I think the the quarter is is certainly another player who can who make a big strides towards breaking into the top twenty and beyond this season. He's currently ranked just outside the top thirty, uh, and obviously we saw last week he he really pushed Novak Djokovic mm. in, in the final of Adelaide, yeah, uh, and beat Yannick Sinner in in in, uh, in the process of getting to that stage as well as an underdog. Uh, and and he also reached the final in his last two events in 2022 as well. So he lost against Auger Alessim in, in Antwerp and and Rublev in Gijon. And then he had a shoulder injury, but uh, uh, or a precautionary shoulder injury potentially, uh, and then yeah. lost to to De Menor in in Paris. But coming into this event, he's in great form. He's a player that I've been watching for a while in terms of having that that future potential to do very very well. And if we're looking at like his say six month data right now, um, he's running at like one hundred and four percent service and return combined uh, points one, uh, and that that actually puts him ahead of the likes of Sitsipas and and, and Runa and Berrettini and even Nadal uh, uh, when we're looking at that metric. So so yeah, he has he has no way to go still, no doubt about that. But the, yeah, he's in. I think a pack of players who, if the draw opens up well, could easily get to say quarterfinals or something like that. I was going to say, is would you say this is his best surface to play on, and that that pack of players? Do you reckon hardcourt is where they sort of perform the best? Um, I think the 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 someone like a, a Berrettini, for example, is always going to be a massive threat on grass. Mm. Uh, Ruder and Rude certainly can do do great work on clay. Uh, 
R- Rublev's more kind of all surface kind of player. Um, but yeah, yeah, Nor- Nori probably this this will be his best chance as well. Maybe maybe grass to some degree. But yeah, uh, over overall, yeah, there's a lot of p- players who are going to have expectations to try or hopes to try and do well in this tournament, get to the quarterfinals, which I think would be a victory for a lot of a lot of these players. You know, they would be fairly satisfied to get to that stage. Mm. You you just mentioned Casper Ruud there. He now knows what it, what it takes to make a Grand Slam final. Do you think? This is a realistic opportunity for him to get into that last semi-final final, or is this just not the surface for him? Uh, I wouldn't say it's not the surface for him. Uh, I, I think he's improved on hard, on hard court. Well, what I what I really don't like is is his draw, his opening round, okay. uh, opening opening few rounds, like are pretty tricky. Like, I'm not saying that he shouldn't get through them, but uh, facing Machak. Uh, Brooksby and Paul in in one two three potentially is uh, pretty tough compared to what other players have got to deal with, uh, 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 and their players I think who have all three have a fairly decent peak level uh, and not necessarily consistent at this type of this this time, but but are players who you know, say have got a high peak or high potential peak. Uh, who can give him give him an awkward time for sure, um, and then and then he's going to have to play Djokovic in the semi-finals and uh, Medvedev in the final. So it gets it gets gets no easier for him. So mm-hmm. so uh, and then you know the likes of maybe Fritz or something in 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 the quarterfinals to win the bracket. So so you know that's that's pretty tricky for him. Um, yeah. Again, because of the pathway to to get to this stage, I, I would be mm-hmm. let's 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 say hypothetically he got to the the final. Um, I would be amazed if if the accumulated price on him wasn't greater than what he's offered out in the market right now. So so it's one just to keep a little eye on, but it's going to be a tough a tough road. Yeah, definitely. Um, if if we have a look into the lower bracket. I want to pick out well Alex Di Manure, Francis TFO um, as as two players that I thought could potentially, yeah, cause a little bit of upset. Do do you think in, from that lower bracket is there anywhere anyone worth mentioning pointing out that 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 could uh, do something? I think those are two players who I think a lot of people have expectations to 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 maybe cause a surprise or two. Um, Dominor, um, I have been kind of waiting for the breakthrough a little bit mm-hmm. for him over the last couple of years. It hasn't really come, but he he does very very well on on, on quicker hard courts and, and and in his own country as well. Uh, should should certainly certainly be pretty happy here. Um, he faces a potentially tricky round two match against uh, John Isner, though, which is going to be extremely variance heavy. Uh, and, and that's a potential potential uh, issue for him. And, and the fact that, that he's in this kind of really uh, kind of stacked uh, thir- third quarter with Djokovic, round four against Djokovic, for example, and then quarterfinal against Kyrgios. I mean, that's just brutal. So, so um, yeah, that that would be one one issue for for Alex. Uh, Francis Tifo is is someone who I, 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 a bit like Ojo Alessim actually. I felt have been has been really overrated in 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 in. Uh, say perhaps the earlier stages of 2022 and the end of 2021. I think we're looking at timescales, mm. but someone who who I think has 
dramatically improved um, over over the last sort of six months or so. Uh, perhaps there's more evidence of it being statistically statistical improvement for OJLSM, but TFO uh, results wise has, has really picked up now. What I would say is that in the last six months, TFO has won 16 out of 21 tie breaks. Now, that's completely unsustainable mm-hmm. uh, and a big part of, of, of what he's done really, really well in that, in that time period. So perhaps there's going to be a bit of mean reversion for, mm-hmm. for TFO coming into 2023. Um, uh, and the fact that he's barely won over 50% of points in, in those those matches that in the last six months, despite winning almost seventy percent of matches, is another red flag for me as well. So he's he's either like the most clutch player on tour, or he's going to be in revert. That's the thing because I remember seeing him in his early career in the juniors, sort of like the look of his play. But he really just came to the fore again this year, didn't he? Obviously, the run to the US Open. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of them where I think I think to be fair, I think the. The crowd got him through a lot of that as well. Yeah. Um, tiebreak thing again. So he won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won, he won all of his tiebreaks in that whole tournament. He won eight tiebreaks. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. But as you say, sort of un- unsustainable, you think, over the long, yeah. long yeah. period of time. Yeah, well, well, I wouldn't fancy defending semi final points next uh, in that tournament, that's for no. sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Just to wrap that up, really, if you look at the betting market, you know, you can't really see beyond Djokovic and, and Medvedev, either one of them, and, and sort of the market says that too. Um, Unfortunately, uh, I mean, that's what happens in men's, men's slams a lot of the time. It's just so dominated by one or two players in mm-hmm. the outright market. And, and I mean, this is not, it's not a different dynamic, really, to a lot of the ones yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Well, depending on what happens in between now and May, uh, maybe we'll see that with Nadal at the French Open. Maybe we won't because of this kind of drop-off in form. But yeah, it's something that we've certainly seen traditionally from Nadal in that tournament. It's, it's, uh, if you look, we've got a separate market of, of will Djokovic win the Australian Open. Yes is at minus 118 and no is at minus 103. So I think I think our traders know where the, uh, where the win is going to come from there. Yeah, I think that, that yeah, they're not, and and they're not wrong making it yeah. that price. If we uh, then move on then into the uh, WTA tournament, into the women's side, um, I wanted to speak about uh, first of all, actually, uh, she won at Adelaide, uh, beating the young eighteen-year-old uh, uh, Noskova was uh, Arena Sabalenka. Uh, I remember. Always mentioning her uh, on on these podcasts since I've been doing them, and she's obviously uh, had a very good um, ranking, but she's never really fulfilled her potential. There was a quote that she said, I think it was uh, maybe before or after this game. She was talking about sort of her um, her her change in her sort of mental uh, state, saying she used to like pay attention to everything and and just pay attention to too many things off the court and realizing that nothing can sort of like guarantee you a win in the tournament and she's sort of been able to like rid herself of those big expectations is that is she someone that could finally get over the line and and win a win a major even if it isn't Australian Open um I'm not writing her off um but I think her price is utterly absurd I've, I've just uh, had a look now. I've just had a, seen where she's at now. Yeah, yeah, because now she's shortened uh, mm. since 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 we wrote the uh, the preview for the tournament, uh, and yeah. now she's into eight point five eight. Uh, and and I mean that's 
she was planning sure enough before now getting that market support now now market support for a player winning a warm up event is not unheard of um it happens pretty normal but yeah. who did she beat <laughs> Moscova's yeah. outside the top 100 mm. uh yeah the Arena Vega in the semi-finals uh and Vondrasova in quarterfinals. Now Vondrasova is a player who, who has ability, but she's still ranked outside the top ninety. And and and, and interestingly, um, and maybe we'll get onto this a little bit later. Is that she uh, in round one? Well, her first match she got by in the first round. And so round, so round two, uh, she beat Ludmila Samsonova seven six seven six as a pre-match underdog. Now. She was also pretty much underdog against Samsonova when she lost to her in three sets in Guadalajara at the end of the season. And yet, Samsonova is a much bigger price in the outrights than, than Savalenka has, is currently. Yet the market is suggesting consistently that Samsonova is a better player. So we'll work that one out. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that she has risen right up to second favourite with us at plus seven five eight. Um, mm. That's what I'm saying. It's an overreaction. Mm. So, if we sort of look, we just got to mention Naomi Osaka. She, we weren't sure why she was absent. She's come out and said that uh, just to congratulate her on her on her pregnancy there. But that sort of sure what she was going to play like anyway, even if she was in the tournament and. And, and and that wasn't the case, but it has certainly obviously opened up a lot. You've got Caroline Garcia there in the same uh, odds, plus one 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 one, both her and Pagula. Um, mm. And they just sit just above Ons Jabur, who is another player who is just on the cusp, you feel, of of, of winning a, 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 a big a big prize. Um, and then there, Coco Goff as well. Um, do you think any of those players there could uh, could finally get their hands on some on the big silverware? Look, um, with women's slams, you can never write players off. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's going to be 20, 30 players who go into this tournament and they're going to be thinking, right, well, if the draw opens up for me and I play well, I could go a long way in this tournament, if not all the way. Um, but in terms of looking at odds, I mean, Garcia and Pegula are uh, kind of consistently sort of flip flopping between that sort of third and fourth favourite status, and and and, and uh, market can't seem to make up its mind about which one which one should be third or the fourth favourite. Um, the problem for for me is that I think I think Garcia now is is looking like the better option um, because uh, she's got a pretty straightforward quarter. Um, Without any player who I think who who who's at, played towards her level that she played at in the last sort of six months of 2022, whereas uh, Pegula has got quite a, a stacked top half of quarter two, with the likes of Anisimova, Krejcikova, and Kvitova all all in that bracket or that mini bracket, if you like. Mm. Uh, and so I'm I'm really surprised at this market support that Pegula has got. Not that I'm saying that she's not she's a good not not I'm saying she's not a good player but she is statistically I think she's she's definitely around that sort of top five area in in of hard quarters on tour yeah. but but the draw is tricky uh, 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 and yeah it's 
it's I, I personally I would rather have Garcia's draw than I would uh, Pagula's draw. If you uh, if we look down a little bit further, you've got like, as you say, it's it's a very wide open market, uh, wide open market here. People like Bianca Andrescu, Muguruza, um, and uh, and is Ostapenko there as well? Quite far down. These are players that have have the tools to sort of go far in a tournament as well. But um, and Andrescu's already already got a hands on on one Grand Slam, but. They seem very overlooked in the market. Is that is that something that um, where value could be had around around there? I, I think that that's it's just a simple fact fact that the that they're not been playing particularly inspiring tennis mm-hmm. over recent times. Um, uh, and I mean, Andrescu is a player who I, I really thought would break through and, and be you know a really top player, especially especially when she won the Slam so so young as well. Um, but she hasn't kicked on. Um, injuries have played a part in that as well, and now we're kind of seeing the same thing, perhaps um, replicate itself with uh, Emma Raducanu as well. So, um, yeah, look, look, she's a dangerous player, no doubt, but but the consistency hasn't been there, and, and I think that's definitely the same for 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 the likes of Ostapenko as well. I mean, Ostapenko is just it's it's sometimes can be a real struggle with her on serve and that and that and that's that's a major issue uh, like i said earlier the for me the player that i that i um i i think is has got exceptional talent and and, and it's just a shame that she's a little bit shorter now in the outrights is samson over it just makes logical sense as well yeah. that, that, that she's that she shouldn't be have this price differential between her and sabalenka um if we're looking at like a you mentioned like you know Mugarusa or anyway, I mentioned Kvitova earlier. If you're looking at sort of those sort of more seasoned players, if you like players who have more established in terms of name, yeah. um, I, I quite like uh, Madison Keys's opportunity to get to at least week two. Pretty straightforward uh, opening a few rounds, I think. Um, uh, I, I don't think that I'm not. I'm not a massive. I don't fear Kenin or, or Azarenka so much in in if as a potential round three opponent. Now, Keys has obviously had a lot of injury problems, but she does possess one of the best serves on tour. Uh, and um, look, she played against very mediocre opposition generally in the United Cup, but she won all five matches. Uh, last, mm. like, last three weeks, so she's coming into this hopefully with with a decent degree of confidence, uh, and I'd like to see her make a good run into the to the sort of second week at least quarterfinals, and then anything can happen from there. She's got, like I said, she's got a very good serve, so you know that that creates high variance moments. Mm. What, just touching on that, what did you make of of the United Cup and sort of maybe it's it's how conducive it could be to when you're discussing and, and looking at, at the Australian Open and, and, and what could come of it, do you reckon it should be kept as like a separate little thing, separate thing away from it? Or, uh, yeah, you you could really see some things from... I think it's useful but dangerous at equal measure. Mm. Um, because, um, like, you know, it's useful in terms of thinking, okay, well, if... For example, look at Keys, what we just said. She won five matches. Yeah, fairly mediocre opposition on the whole. But... She won five matches. That so you can't look at that as a negative. So it's useful from that perspective, but it's also dangerous because you can't look at her winning five matches against players who are generally pretty lowly ranks and say, mm. "Wow, well she's back." 
Do you know what I mean? Like, so you can't, it's, it's, it's dangerous to overreact at the same time. So look, it's, like I say, it's useful, but dangerous at the same time. Um, I, I probably put a little bit more faith in, you know, the, the, the WTA and ATP main tour, uh, warm up events as opposed to certainly maybe not the United Cup so much because it's probably a bit more, a bit more, um, a bit more competitive than say some of the real exhibition events that people play on. But uh, yeah, I, I would, I would put a little bit more faith in, in the main tour events. Mm. If we go to someone that made a name for herself big time in 2022, I think she won newcomer of the year and that was yep. uh, Zheng Quinn Wen. She obviously mm. had a breakout, her breakout year last year. Um, what do you, what do you make of, of, of her chances going into this tournament, but also just for the rest of the year. Okay, so so it's it's interesting because I look, I looked at her stats and mm. her, her service really improved over the last six months, which is which is a huge positive for her. Return game, I think, is perhaps where she's got to find something still. Um, now, the problem for her, obviously, is we don't know how bad the injury is or the, that she's the fitness problems that she's got after after. Retiring against Kvitova uh, in in Adelaide, so that's that's the the main the main kind of consideration with her. But but yeah, she looks a player with with a nice nice potential. Um, seeded into the top thirty two now, uh, ranked rank just under the thirty mark. Mm. Um, fairly op- uh, easy first two rounds, and then uh, potentially golf in round three. So yeah, let's let's see how far she can get. I mean, she's she 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 definitely well. She took a took took a couple of sets where she where you might not have expected her to do last year. So you never you never know, I suppose, with her. Is there any sort of other up and coming players, young players that are in the draw that we should keep an eye for? Do you reckon? Um, there are good young players in this draw for sure, mm. but I would be surprised if they really made a massive impact in 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 terms of getting to say semi finals or 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 beyond. Mm. Um, look, I'm going to be really honest here. I I see Igor Sviatek as huge value for this tournament uh, uh, at the current market prices. Mm. Mm. But I, I feel that the ability differential between her and the field is 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 no smaller than Novak Djokovic in the field in men's, uh, uh, mm. and yet almost twice the price. Mm. So so. Uh, I, I think she's going to have to have a real off day for a lot of the field to beat her. Uh, and, and I would be really surprised if she um, she struggled in this tournament. I was I was going to get on to her next, but the only player we haven't spoke about mm. Um, mm. and ask, ask where the value lies, but it seems like that's the sort of no-brainer value for you then, that it, 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 she's, she's yeah. too, too big not to, to, to ignore, really. Yeah, I mean, favourites can still be value, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, she's consistently been the best player on tour by an absolute mile. Mm. Um, I mean, she dropped two sets in the whole of the US Open. Uh, And, and (sighs) yeah, maybe the last few months, yeah, she lost to Sabalenka in WTA finals and... She lost an indoor match against Krejcikova in Australia, but her win win loss record is insane. Mm. I mean, she had a longer unbeaten record, I think, than, than Djokovic did last year. 
she's got one wow. set of open as well. She's consistently just steamrolling our position. Six, the amount of bagels and six ones and six twos she had was just incredible. Um, she's just a complete level above everybody else on tour. Now that doesn't mean to say that she's she's definitely going to win. She, she, no one's definitely going to win anything. Yeah, of course, you know, even Nova Djokovic, according to the market, has got like a fifty-five for sixty percent chance of winning this tournament. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Men's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but look. She, for me, she's just streets ahead of everybody else in this in this tournament, and I don't think she's got a disastrous draw at all. And yeah, I would I, I would fully expect her to be to to give a good run for their money. Do you think like she obviously showed at all surfaces last year, especially that mm. she could do it? Is uh is there any anything for uh, the better to? sort of be wary of when if you if you are selecting her that uh is it just an off day that might come is that the only only thing that might stop her from breezing through yeah someone's gonna have to play amazing and her to have an off day for for, for her to to be in real trouble uh if you're looking at other surfaces the grass is really the only surface that she's got anything to prove on right now if we move into just the last little section, then is yep. uh, any best bets or anything like that you, you we haven't mentioned, or anything mm. you think the better should consider in, in the data, or we've sort of mentioned a little bit how the conditions will play, but just just anything anything on that sort of uh, wavelength. Yeah, so conditions generally are fairly quick for for hardcore in Australia. Uh, uh, Australian conditions, I should say, are, are generally pretty quick. Um, that will. To potentially help those who are a little bit more serve orientated than than, than return orientated, um, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's like an overwhelming consideration. But but what you might see particularly in the men's is 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 some of the big servers cause cause some trouble to the bigger names. You know, like I think Cressy has got a, a a match against a big name player pretty early on, for example, and so is Isna. Uh, and th- those guys can can cause a lot of trouble for for seeded players, big names, um, especially in, say in those quicker conditions as well. Um, with regards to kind of outrights, really, it's just a kind of a summary um, of where I, my thinking is at. Uh, I, I say I, I I'm strong on, on Sphere Tech in in the the women's and mm. Oja Aliasim in some way, shape or form in, 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 in the men's probably, you know, quarter two winner market or something like that, if, if you can find one, would be would be something to consider potentially as well. Um with regards to say round one matches, I mean there's a there's a few matches that that, that I'm you know really excited to to anticipate and and it's fantastic as well that we've got the uh, the break point being released today with yes. Netflix well gets everyone and uh, everyone can binge five episodes of that today or over the weekend yeah. to get themselves into into yeah. Grand Slam of mode for for the next couple of weeks. Oh, I was um, going to mention that to you. Are you are you going to be tuning in? You're looking forward to I, seeing what's that 100%, all about? 100%, yeah, I've already uh, shared it with my wife for today's viewing on TV. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that. Uh, um, so um, yeah, golf is Sinikova in, in, in round one. Looks looks like it could be could be an interesting one. Mm. Always interested to see how Emma Raducanu uh, performs because I think that she's. Uh, unfortunately, opposition material a lot of the time right now, uh, particularly now that there's injury issues as well. Mm. It's just, it just doesn't get any easier for her. 
and yet she's still like one point two uh, to to win round one. So that's 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 an interesting one, worth keeping an eye on that match. I think. Yeah, but uh, interesting because she sort of was talking at the start of the, just before the injury how she's feeling in a much better place, and I did feel a little bit. I did feel bad for her that. Obviously, naturally, that uh, yeah, that, that injury came at the, one of the worst times when mm. after what a what a, what a bit of a hectic twenty twenty two she had. But I, I think just yeah. getting getting through a match at the moment for her is uh, about a string of matches is is what she should be looking looking to yeah to do. And golf in round two would be fun for her. That would be a great. Uh, yeah. uh, forward to it. great spectacle yeah and, and then also the other the other one i think that that uh a lot of neutrals will be quite keen to watch is two sort of i would say fairly declining forces if you like but sophia kennan and against victoria azarenka really shouldn't be a round one slam match i mean that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's and then in the men's I mean, the, the overwhelming match that i, I i'm Looking forward to is Nadal v Draper for mention for reasons mentioned already. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, for me that's let's say it's got upset upset potential written all over it. But let, let's see. Um, so that's that's certainly something that that that, that I'm I'm really keen to to check out in in, in round one. Yeah. Uh, is a bigger price shock could Machak push Rude potentially. Um, Berrettini against Andy Murray will will also be pretty pretty good for the neutral. I would imagine. Yeah, as well. I'm just seeing here t- team and Rublev as well is, is quite good. I know we say team yeah, isn't yeah. the force that he once was, but that's still going to be a very interesting matchup. I feel definitely. So there's there's some great matches in round one, and, and certainly you know with 128 matches uh, taking place over over the first two days of the tournament across the men's and the women's. There's there's so much for betters to get their teeth into as well. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Looking forward to it. Only a only a couple of days away now. I think that's where we'll 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 wrap up then, Dan. Thank you very much for your time. Um, just for our listeners, where where can they where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, um, at, at tennis ratings, uh, and you can check out. Obviously, we've done the pre-tournament previews as well uh, here at Pinnacle as well. So yeah, give those a read as well. There's a yeah. As I say, uh, if you head to our betting resources page on Pinnacle. That's where you'll find Dan's pair of uh, WTA and ATP Australian Open previews. Um, and as well, if you can stay across the, the Twitter, Facebook and YouTube, you'll see this very podcast uh, on there, as well as there's, there's we've got plenty of content around the NFL playoffs as it sort of comes to the crunch and, uh, and, and, and the playoffs in the Super Bowl just around the corner. All odds discussed are correct at the time of recording. That's all from us, and we'll be back again before the French Open in May. Thanks for listening to Advantage Betters with Pinnacle.